I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hey, Lacey. Hello. Um, I do have some exciting news. Oh, yes, do too. Right when I was getting this all set up, I noticed we have hit 1,000 listens on our podcast. Can we insert a little like clapping? <laughs> um, those people may have only listened to five seconds of the podcast, but you know what? I feel really good. That I think that's so awesome. Um, well, they clicked, and so that is <laughs> part of what matters. I am currently taking a picture of myself to put on our Instagram story page <laughs> to get a real behind-the-scenes uh, action going on. Yeah, me and Lacey have been acting like a fool over on Instagram and making lots of reels and memes and all kinds of stuff, but it's been really fun. Yes, this is, so we, you just said we hit like 1,000. I'm literally so proud of us. We finally now have like 200 followers on <laughs> one page more podcasts <laughs> on Insta. So Gotta start somewhere. You know, just, just building on up. What, what can one do? The thing is, if 1% of that 1,000 and or the 200 would leave us a review, I would be so grateful. Actually, my birthday is coming up. In just a couple of weeks, um, it, it's only the 17th of February, so it always sneaks up on me. But yeah, my birthday's in two weeks. And so for my birthday, would anyone listening to this podcast go give us a five-star review, please? Smash that like button, baby. Five stars, please. <laughs> okay. So this is oh. going to be released. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I have to say, this is also our first episode of the third season. Woohoo! Yeah, yesterday or last week was, or maybe two weeks ago now, was just a little taste. Um, but we actually read the first book, and we're well on our way. I've actually read two books of this season so far, um, and I think that you're on your second right now, right? Yes, yes. I'm trying to get through March's book. Uh, I posted today. I have literally a long stack of like two to be read books that doesn't make sense like when on books to makes sense but basically i've got a book pile that i'm trying to slowly work through and uh, between my personal life i just hadn't found the time with which to read all these so i need to do that i i really like to kind of cycle through and have like a a real book to read and an audiobook that i'm working on and i'm only been focusing on audiobooks lately um, so I need to get like a hard copy and get some real, it's not real reading. Listening to the book is real reading too, but you know what I mean? Um, so this episode is going up a, a little few days after Valentine's day, but I think it's very appropriate for Valentine's day. Uh, it is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo and it is by Taylor Jenkins Reed. Yes. Do you want me to jump in with a summary? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. So we have um, Monique Grant, who is a kind of like a small time um, uh, journalist 
Um, and she gets a call from her boss that she has been randomly picked, uh, specifically called in by a very famous and also uh, a bit mysterious um, actress, who elderly actress, who wants to um, use her for like a little small time article that they're writing. This is the first time she's granted an interview in many years. And then as she gets there, she finds out um, that they actually or the Evelyn Hugo, the actress, wants to divulge the deep details about her life, including her seven husbands and who her one true love was. All right. Now for our star reviews. Um, I loved this book. You picked it out. I had never heard of it ever, but it is fairly popular. I mean, I'm guessing that's how you found it. I have recommended it to like everybody I've talked to. That's how I know that I loved it. I'm going to reserve like a five-star review for a book that I literally feel is like life-changing. But this is for me was like a four and a half star book. I loved it. I thought it was so interesting and it had that like perfect gossipy vibe that made me just like want to zip through it. Um, I could not stop listening to it. I was super engaged. I was a little less engaged on Monique's side, like the the current, you know, current time side. The, those stakes didn't really get me as much. But there was, it was, they kept it minimal. Like, I feel like she knew where the juicy good plot was. And she really, like, let that shine through Evelyn. So, four and a half stars for me. Okay, Kippen, I am going to literally be your mirror and say every single thing you said accurate. Four and a half stars. Monique, I mean, it was, it was fine, but I agree. The salacious, like, fun parts were definitely Evelyn and like discovering like who did she love like you know why did she have so many husbands um uh I, so whenever I first started this you know the, the first maybe like I, I listened to it on audiobook and I think maybe it was around 12 hours long the first hour I was like okay like a lot enough obviously to keep going by the time I got to maybe the second hour I finished it in two days I was like making myself stay up late listening to this book because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was just so engrossed. This was like a perfect example to me of like a super interesting book that, that was just like, it felt modern. It felt like, which is bizarre, I guess, because of like all the past, but like, it was just so, it really, really wrapped me right on up instantly. Literally love this book so much. Yes. Loved it. And the buzzwords for people who are, if you're like looking for a book that has romance um it has some lgbtq plot lines uh it has old hollywood it has fashion i mean it's also has... like hangs on the premise of like touch of a mystery not exactly yeah. but you know what i mean there's still a little bit of like right what, what's the connection between monique and um evelyn like you know why does she want her yeah uh and now for our last segment should you read it or should you listen to it and it sounds like we both listened to it. So, <laughs> uh, but I also wanted to say this: this narrator, the narrator that did Monique, um, she also did the fifth season. She, and matter of fact, yeah. her voice is—it's like this, like smooth. Like it is the oh, she has perfect. a great voice. I actually was looking up her and her husband started like a um, voice acting school, and I was like, oh my gosh, like could I be a voice actor? No, 
I cannot. <laughs> but she did a great job. Um, there was there was also like a third. There was three. There was Evelyn, Monique, and then like a random one that would read like the gossip headlines, whatever. Her, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But Monique's that was just loved it. I I want to look up who was doing the gossip headlines because I swear it's the same person that just narrated the book that I just listened to. The one that did the gossip rag thing is like the narrator that if I hear it on a book, I'll like not want to listen to it. It's like that robot voice. I am almost positive she did. I think it's called The Hate and Game, Sally Thorne's book that I could not get through. It was like, it was just like, it was meant to be too, it was just like so gossip girl, but like meant to be like tongue in cheek, but like not funny to me where I was like, okay. (laughs) Like it just fell flat on it's like what you're saying for monique's voice like i want someone warm with 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 feeling in their voice i don't really understand i mean we should just do an episode on why we love and hate audiobooks (laughs) but um uh yeah and i actually really liked so they used a different person to do evelyn's side of the story when it was from her point of view and i liked that i will tell you i had to listen to this book on like two times speed they spoke so slowly and i don't going back i'm like did that actually change the perception i had of evelyn she seemed so like so no nonsense she was cutting through the crap and everything was like very sharp which i do think is her personality but now i'm like maybe a lot of that was like because i was listening to her talk so quickly right like being a bit snippy yeah i I don't know i guess as we talk about it maybe we'll find out because she was she like you know she was that kind of person but she really wasn't a cold person is what i kept thinking like she would do things like accidentally that would be like you know bad as yeah. opposed to, like being cruel yeah okay and this is where our spoilers will go up and we're gonna dive into the book evelyn herself was such a great character because she was so messy and she was not a perfect person and she did a lot of stuff that you know was not the best obviously she had married like these seven different men for mostly for gain but there were some love and some other things in there um but you still like root for her and you kind of love her anyway and i i felt like the author did such a great job i mean monique even says that like she finds herself just in awe of this woman and telling telling her story and that i mean that's what sold the book for me is like how her character was portrayed I really grew to love Evelyn. When so, whenever it kind of very first starts off, it talks about like this this mystery, this like shroud of like what you know like, we don't really know much about her other than like you know she's Holly's husband's and she was in like a race a super racy movie at some point and that she was like one of the biggest actresses. And Evelyn always talks about herself in such like a negative light, or it's like you know like. You know, we're maybe Monique will offer her a compliment. She's like, we'll just wait till something happens. And I never got to the point where I'm like, uh, like the character was written where she was so much harder on herself than what I, um, than, than how I felt about her. Like I genuinely enjoyed her character. Even whenever she would make these bad choices, it wasn't, it didn't seem, you know, like so over the top that I couldn't overcome her. I'm like, oh, okay, like, yeah, like we all would make like a, a dumb mistake like that. Or like, okay, maybe we wouldn't all make that dumb mistake. But, you know, like she's still a lovable person and it came from a good place. I was 
I loved Evelyn. Um, the only part that I didn't care about about her past for me was right at the beginning. Her, so tell me if you felt differently, like the very, very, like the intro where it talked about her in Hell's Kitchen and her mother and father. I don't know if I just thought that was boring or if it felt a touch unbelievable. I don't know. Mm. What do you think? I liked that part. I liked knowing where she came from and it made more sense to me that like why she would be so desperate to do anything she could to get out of her situation and also why she would be so comfortable with using her body as like a currency. So Evelyn was like sexually abused by her father and physically abused by him and everything else. Her mother was like an angel but died young or whatever and then she kind of escapes and goes to Hollywood and I think she like sleeps with the you know owner of one of the main studios and that's like kind of how she gets her big break one of the main things to me and it talked about like her mom I believe was she Cuban she was definitely Hispanic yeah Um, Evelyn is Cuban but she tries to pass as a white woman for her whole career and I know we obviously just read, um, what is that called? The Vanishing Half. But part of me was like, I that I feel like that would be, it. that was maybe a big plot point for me where it was like she moved to Hollywood and they're like, okay, like kind of like get rid of the accent, dye the hair. And it was like, okay, she's over it. Where I'm like, wouldn't this take years of like removing, like, of course the hair dye, sure. But she also went from like black headed to blonde where I'm like, I mean, I guess if you had a professional, you know what I mean, like hairstyle, maybe get away with it. But then I'm like, even like for me as a person that has like a deep twang, there are some things I have tried to correct about myself and I still get conjugation wrong from how I grew up or I will drop that G from ING or, you know what I mean? So I'm like, that's, I feel like that would take like serious, serious work where I was like, "Mm, okay, I don't know if I'd believe that right away, but you know, there. Right. It's so, yeah, it's the voice for me. Like the fact that she's literally from Hell's Kitchen, like this girl probably grew up speaking almost nothing but Spanish and then had like a thick New York accent, but maybe because of the time, you know what I mean? Like that transatlantic accent was really big in old Hollywood. So you could actually work with that i think the looks i believe wholeheartedly because you know who rita hayworth is she's like an old research (laughs) so rita hayworth was like latina and also i sent you a picture of this but like modern day um anna darmis who was in like knives out uh which was a great movie but she has was cast recently she's cuban and i this is going to be really interesting to me because she actually does have a cuban accent but she was recently cast in a movie and is shooting a movie where she's playing marilyn monroe and she looks great she looks like marilyn she really does like they have like bleach blonde hair and the whole thing but i'm like how is she going to sound like marilyn i'm very interested to know that um But I mean, even in the time, like somebody like Marilyn Monroe had brown hair and like Jane Mansfield had like white hair, like they could bleach you, baby. Like they could. I mean, yeah, I guess if she's like actually at a studio, they could find somebody. I just kind of like, I don't know. Also, it's because that also feels very like every time I hear about people like erasing the culture, I'm also like, there's like, there's the disdain where I'm like, hmm. Like, okay, not yeah. a fan. 
And that is really sad to me that she kind of just like puts that in the past and she really doesn't come back to it. Like oh. later they'll talk about like her um, beloved housekeeper who speaks Spanish, but she never really speaks Spanish with her ever. That was another thing. And that is because I am the type of person I, 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 that, I just couldn't do that. I, that would drive me crazy. The know-it-all within me would literally have to be like, I would just, I would have to. So that's the thing I'm like, I could never have that kind of self-restraint. I agree. But I, I will say maybe the whole thing just speaks to her natural ability to be an actress. Like she's not just determined. She also is talented. And so she can sell it. She can pretend to be someone that she's not. Um, she can change right. who she is. That's yeah. how she jumped in with um, Ernie Diaz, her little simpleton first husband that she basically was like, hey, right. take me to Hollywood and then I'm going to leave you. Bye. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it would be interesting to just kind of like go down the list of husbands plus her true love, who we'll get to, and kind of talk about the book that way because there's a lot of um, ups and downs in this book. Obviously, seven husbands, some last longer than others. Uh, but you talked about Ernie, which is like her dumb, dumb first husband. I was happy to see him go. But her second husband was the first man that she ever loved, who is Don. Um, what's his last name? Adler. Yeah, Don, Don Adler, which if we had ever had a a male child, Adler was actually on the top of our list, but maybe not now. <laughs> um, yeah. I love the idea of him being like this, like Hollywood royalty. Um, and I was actually trying to think of I, like, so for a while, like I would say like someone like Britney Spears, like top Hollywood royalty. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, uh, who maybe a Kardashian. I, I don't know. Who would you think would fill that role now? Male or female? Don Adler, well, he was not only Hollywood royalty. I mean, the first person that comes to my mind is like George Clooney, but he comes from like a long line of actors and actresses, which actually George Clooney has Rosemary Clooney, his aunt, who was like very famous as a singer. So maybe, yeah, I could see that like a George Clooney type, like a very gentlemanly, very like leading man, nothing sleazy about him in the papers. It was like growing up and marrying um, Tom Hanks or something and falling in love with him. And then all of a sudden he starts beating you up. Cruise, though. That's, maybe Tom Cruise oh, is the better yeah. word. It's like you see on the outside, you think of like legend Tom Cruise. You're like, oh yes. my gosh. And then it's like, jumping on the couch Scientology Tom Cruise and you're like oh <laughs> right actually Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is perfect because these has the double life um yeah so Don like beats her up and is terrible to her and that just made me so sad but that she was so young me. yeah that really did hurt me because I was just thinking about this so you know she's her father's abusive her first husband's kind of a simpleton we talked about she um her you know she kind of slept with like some random producer but it was like okay like you know i need this job and then she like finally like finds love in this man and it's reciprocated and then it all just kind of comes crashing around her and then like there's different times where like they're to party together and he's like sleeping around and i'm like what (laughs) you know what you feel like was once like this idea like it was really like okay it was just it was just what a it was a dream 
I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, it, and that's why I think it's important to know where she came from because I mean, a lot of women would just probably take that and like not maybe see the warning signs that may have been there. I do think it's interesting. She's pretty close at this point with one of her producers, Harry Hamlin, and he will actually be one of her husbands later in life, but that's like her best friend. And she's only like 19 or 20 when she meets Don. There has got to have been other people that were beat up by him. And it's just surprising to me that like somebody like Harry didn't already know that. And Harry's actually like kind of in favor of the relationship at first. I think, I think Harry was just always trying to look out for her. I was like, okay, you have no body. Don has money. He can take care of you. So you're right. It's like, how was this not like whispered around? Like, I feel like even the sleaziest, I don't know, you know, even if it's like, oh, they're terrible to work with. I know. Or like, um, well, and it's really sad because once there's like, more gossip about their relationship and stuff it's all about her and the tabloids which i guess is they're all they're on his side because he's like the golden boy but he ends up like fat and with not very good movies so i guess it works out (laughs) his retribution it's Mm -hmm. the i don't know um but while she's still married to Don, she meets uh celia st james who is a little southern belle and Savannah, Georgia checking in. Yeah. And she um at first she talks about how much she like loathes Celia because she's super jealous of her. Like Celia is very, very talented, super young. She's described as like adorable, like whereas Evelyn is like this knockout that you'd never want to talk to. Celia is like approachable and beautiful, and um, she's just afraid that she's gonna like outshine everybody. Uh, and they form this friendship. Did you see the friendship turning into more or did that surprise you at all? That actually surprised me a lot, but I guess maybe it shouldn't have because she was one of the things that kind of got me is like right before that she had told Harry that he was her best friend. And up until then they had, it made it sound like they had had like one or two interactions. And I was kind of like, uh, what? Where I just felt, like I'm like oh like this girl literally jumped to say something so I think maybe it's just that she didn't have a lot of people in her life so that she really kind of allowed any and all that maybe had a touch of kindness within their hearts to kind of let her in so but yeah I was I was pretty unsuspected did you think that was going to happen I this goes out to the author of like what a good web she wove because I thought it could, especially when they're like at her house one night and they're like drinking wine and like they're kind of being flirty and she has to change her shirt and she's like linger, like she remembers things like her freckles and things like that where I'm like, huh, I wonder if she's going to like have a fling with Celia. I didn't think that this is going to be like the love of her life, uh, which it turns out to be like they have this, you know, relationship that spans almost her entire life on and off again. But I thought the same thing about the Harry thing where I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is just going to be, oh, so because Harry is gay and it's like, oh, so this is just like her best friend, like a little stock character. But she actually uses that kind of plot point that she has this skeleton group of people around her (laughs) to build up all the characters and build all those relationships. And then later the description of Harry and 
her marriage, especially after she has the baby, was so beautiful to me. And so, like, I don't know. I just think the author actually delivered really well on all of those things. Like, she set up, she set it up just like gracefully enough where it could or it couldn't. And so, when it does happen, it's like believable, but you don't like, you know, it's not, um, I don't know what the right word is. It was, it's not like it was unexpected, but it wasn't like a hokey kind of yes. like unexpected where I feel like we've read books where it's like, and then they married their best friend and you're like, oh, please, whatever. But this <laughs> one, this one was set up so interesting where it was like, oh my gosh, like, of course she's going to like fall for Celia. And of course, okay. Look, if, are we, do we want to jump into their long-term relationship or finish up with the husbands? Because I have got a lot to speak. We want to wrap up the mm. whole unimportant oh. man. Yeah, let's. <laughs> that's a very good way to to deal with them. Yes, let's let's do that. So she she kind of like her and Don get divorced, and she's finally brave enough to do that. She ends up like moving in with Celia, but then she ends up getting married to Mick Reva. Mick Reva is like an actor. I th- think or he he basically like needs to kind of like exploit celia or not celia exploit evelyn and like in return she's going to do the same and so they have like a um like one night marriage um they hook up uh the next morning basically she's trying her best to like get him to like annul the marriage and of course he does because he doesn't actually care for her and then uh within like two months she winds up pregnant so that to me also was something where I was kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I, I did think it was a, it was a masterful little bit of um, like story writing. I thought that was like very exciting. And I loved the perspective of Evelyn, like stalking her prey and plotting it out and just like knowing how it was all going to go down. And she's just like a master of her craft. There were some things that were cracking me up. Like whenever she's like, okay, this cannot be a good light. And I was like, nope. (laughs) Right. And like, she's just like, okay, just like lay there and think of the queen of England or whatever. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so that was like a quickie, but that's Wait, what God, breaks. What? Go ahead. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. So, of course, Celia is devastated. And I kept being like, well, what? What did you? For, for both of them. For Celia, I was kind of like, like, what did you really think was going to happen? But then again, on the flip side, for Evelyn, I was like, why would you sleep with this man? What? I know. So as wonderful as like... I, I just think all the characters were really well written. Celia is the one person who's lacking just a tiny little bit for me. And not that I don't see why they're in love and not that I don't believe their love. It's more like when Celia completely flies off the handle and just walks out of Evelyn's life. I just feel like Evelyn actually was very straightforward with her. And at that point, Celia leaves her because she's like, you care too much about fame. You don't actually want to be with me. You care more about being famous and rich than you do about having a relationship with me. And Evelyn kind of comes back and is like, actually, no, I would die for you. Um, But we could easily be like killed or we could be institutionalized or we could lose everything we have in our whole lives. And I don't have anything to fall back on. So we need to stay in the closet kind of thing. Like I, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is like the 1950s. Like, that's good advice. 
this was one of those it was one of those things it was just like how I feel whenever I read um like books that are really heavy on like racism where I'm like I don't have the life experience to see it from their lens where whenever she would talk about like certain things like in my mind it felt very easy like right like y'all just stay together where I did appreciate that she really did kind of or um Taylor Jenkins Reid really did try her best to write about the time frame of what's going on where like what is today or you know what's what totally be fine in today's time really just like would not fly then so I will say she definitely like kept putting me in check whenever I would have these like you know these little things where I'm just like come on Celia just work it out yeah no I I agree like I'm a straight woman I don't know how I would react in that situation but I I just thought it was unusual that Celia was like so I just didn't really understand what Celia wanted her to do it in reality like I I know she wanted her to not to have slept with that man but she almost at that point wanted to be like okay then prove your love for me like there I just don't see a world where they could have lived as an out lesbian couple at that time to, to what I kept thinking and what basically happens at the end is like the two of them literally taking all their money and moving to another country. I literally kept thinking, surely y'all can do this. Surely there's yeah. a place. I mean, I don't know because I have literally done zero history, but surely somewhere within the world, even like, couldn't they have bought like a, a ranch in Montana or, you know what I mean? Like something uh -huh. I kept just thinking like, y'all are both millionaires. I also didn't quite understand that where um, for both of them, they loved acting but it also like that was I was kind of like, well, what's your plot going to be like, y'all, you want to be an actress or you really want to like work on this relationship and the love that y'all. I don't know. I feel like those two things kept battling each other a lot within the storyline where they would go back and forth between. You know. Yeah, that was so interesting to me, too, because it's like, OK, if if it had been a straight marriage well, it was a straight marriage. Like Dawn wanted Evelyn at one point to give up her career for him and have babies. And she was like, absolutely not. Like, I want my Oscar. I want like fame. Like she wanted fame. She didn't just want uh, and she wanted prestige too. like she wanted this acting career. It wasn't just about the money for her. So it makes a little bit more sense to me why she's like, OK, I do love you, but I'm not willing to give up everything that I've worked so hard for to be with you forever. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but it is a choice. And then Evelyn also obviously has some regrets later in life that she didn't do that. Like, uh, and because I guess, the, I guess that's it too, is that it's that there's the, you have to live with the consequences. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> after, after Mick or not Mick, is yeah, it Mick? was Mick. Yeah. yeah, Mick was the third husband. Then she jumps into um a like a sham marriage with Rex North, who I actually loved. Rex. Rex was like the, um, I don't know, like philandering. Um, but it was like the Leonardo DiCaprio, like young Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> of the bunch. But see, I almost saw him as like this, like Southern, like I don't know. I kept thinking about him with like a. Um, Stetson, you know what I mean? Like Stetson had on and like, I don't know why did they describe him like that? Maybe it's just the name Rex brings Actually, up. Actually, like, I, I think he might have been Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not so. Actually, I'm almost positive that you're right now that you say that. 
but that is not uh, fit the description that I had in my mind. Well, he's like very Nordic looking. He's like tall and blonde and handsome and um yeah, they they totally just like get in cahoots with one another to Let be me. in a in a relationship to like get headlines, which people still do today. They just then, don't get married. When I saw this, I so the premise is like that the the studio basically had them like signed for like three movies together, and like so they got married right for the publicity. I suddenly thought about all the years of like fangirl and like people, you know what I mean? Like in movies the other that I was like, oh my gosh, they're perfect with one another. And now I'm like, my gosh, was it all a scam? <laughs> sure. A lot of times it is. I think it is. Well, I felt hook on a sinker, so I might be <laughs> the perfect person for her. <laughs> well, like talking about Tom Cruise or yeah, Tom Cruise, that's like his thing. He's always rumored to be in a relationship with whoever he's in a movie with. And it's like, is Tom Cruise? I mean, let's see even straight. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Right. So sad. anyway, he Love ends him. up uh I did like him too, and I liked that he was a gentleman towards her. Um that was almost hard for me to believe where I'm like. Well, I'm like, I guess he had his pick of women, but I was also kind of like, this, like, like, she was literally, like, described as, like, this, like, super sexy, like, like, 10 out of 10, maybe even 12 out of 10, you know, and I kept thinking, like, wow, like, he really didn't even try anything, it was just very, like, he was super respectful, but. They had that one, yeah, they had that one night, I, I mean, I guess if a woman shows absolutely no desire or, like, a sexual attraction towards you at all um, then you really have to be like a scumbag to pursue that you know like i mean i mean you really have to be like you're right I, it was just it was the living together thing that i just kept being like huh oh for okay. sure and i mean i loved i loved the little insights into old hollywood that was in this book i thought that was so fun i loved like the descriptions of the clothes that she was wearing um and i loved like just like the little looks into how hollywood has changed so much because like nobody could get away with half of this like there's no real there's really no paparazzi back then. They have like these little interludes where they talk, they share headlines or like news articles that are written from gossip rags. And it's like the very early days where you see like they're all up in arms because the studios used to be able to like feed them news and now they're doing reporting on their own. And so they're not able to you know, control everything like they were and before. Basically, they had, like, especially with Celia, there were so many secrets going on where I cannot even remember who it was. I saw some, like, random paparazzi thing and someone was blasting them because, like, their child was in the hospital and they, the paparazzi were, like, waiting outside the hospital. So I'm like, can you imagine if there were two, like, rumored lesbians living together? Like, Trash. what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the field day that never would have happened. Never, never. Within. Do you remember? This is like the most the number one paparazzi moment that just popped in my head. Do you remember when Robert Pattinson and um Kristen Stewart were dating for like forever? And then there was all of those pa paparazzi shots of her like making out with an older man that was like a director in one of her movies. You know, that I am not recovered from that. I still <laughs> Do you stand K-Stew and R-Pads? I just, Robert Pattinson, I'm like, 
I love <laughs> he's endeared to me. It's like oh, I, I literally was like 15, 16, whenever the freaking uh, sorry as they are, the Twilight movie came out, and I love the books. So I was just like, like him and Taylor Lautner, I am sorry until the end. I'm a ride or die. So well, well yeah, Robert Patton's you know. very he's very special to me as well, especially because he is very tongue in cheek about the whole thing too. Like he just makes fun of it so relentlessly. But yeah, I, I was devastated for him. I've got to be honest with you. But you know, um, now I cannot stand her. So, and what Kristen she Stewart, in some, every movie she's added in lately, I'm like, please, honey, retire. Well, yeah. And it's Kristen enough. Stewart is like a lesbian. I mean, as far as is I know. She? Yeah, she like dates women now. So, were they ever well, together? I don't know. I'm My life actually, is a lie. That's exactly a prime freaking example of Rex and Evelyn, where it's like, yep. well, we're going to really hop this movie up y'all date, please. Yep. Um, I do think they were in a relationship, but, you know, we'll never know. Um, anyway, Rex ends up, like, getting somebody else pregnant and, like, falling in love with somebody, so they got to get a divorce, and it's amicable, whatever. At this point... Evelyn and Celia hadn't spoken in like five years. That was the other crazy thing. I'm like, y'all were crazy in love. Like, these were two extremely stubborn individuals. It was hard for me to think about. Like, you know, I can see going a couple of weeks, maybe even a month or two. But yeah, like they would do this constantly, years at a time. Like, y'all know each other so well. Okay, I guess, but I guess it's hard to ruin your own life. The other thing that's weird is I'm pretty sure they were both living in L.A. Like, L.A. is not that, like, she would even say, like, oh, I went to the Oscars, and but I didn't see Celia. Or I watched Celia, you know, on the TV screen and I cried or whatever. And it's like, how are you not running into one another? But whatever. I mean, there's no text messaging and there's no, you know what I mean? You can't, like... You literally have to like acting though they wouldn't be you know what i mean like in the actual city the majority of the time they'd be one right. would think on the scene acting yeah <laughs> i don't know so i like after- how she after with rex she had like concocted this plot where she's like oh, you know it's gonna come out that you've been sleeping with so-and-so why don't we make it where i've also been cheating on you with Harry, like I was like, what? She and she <laughs> just like I love that she came up with that, and she just doesn't care at all. She doesn't care if people think she's a slut. She doesn't care if people like hate her. She's just like they can hate me all they want. They're she's still like, gonna want to see my movie. Right? Yes, it's literally all that matters. Um, I can't. What did now the word Harry? I. What were your thoughts on Harry? Did you love him? I know you did. So just about Of course I did. Harry was so tender to me, kind of like you. I was like, like I said earlier, I thought he was just a drop in the bucket and like kind of not really going to play a huge role. But their relationship was so sweet to me. Um, I, the gay men in my life, I just could not love them anymore. And I've like had such wonderful friendships with men in my life that remind me of like Harry where it's like a, just a different kind of love and like someone who you know cares about you and would do anything do for you. Way. <laughs> yes exactly and I know that you have like really close like family and friends that are gay that you have special relationships with and it's just a different relationship that is just tender and I loved it and they end up getting married um, 
because this was, I mean, not super believable, but like, I guess it could happen. But Celia uh, ends up getting married to this guy, John, and Harry comes out and is like, actually, Evelyn, I'm in love with John. (laughs) This was a bit of a stretch, but I did not care. I was literally like, yes, like cheering both of them on. So, right, they have this like tandem. um, It was like a quadruple beard. Right. (laughs) I think didn't they they all live together or either next to each other or there was like yeah. the, the proximity was like close because they were posing as heterosexual couples and actually like truly in love with one another. Well, yeah, like it yeah. You know, in here. Right. Sex relationships. So, I mean, and it's funny to me, not funny, but it's crazy to me that like as soon as one of them humbles themselves to actually call the other meaning Evelyn and Celia, mm-hmm. they get right back together. I mean, like, they're made for each other, but they just can't get over each other sometimes. And that- That's what was hard for me is I just kept thinking that, too, where I'm like, y'all want to be together. You do. So, like, what is going on here? Like, why are you shooting yourself in the foot? I know. Of course, like, this is... I do feel like that very much mirrors everyday life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, hard to read as a reader whenever you're, like, wanting to share for the romance here. Totally. So they all moved to New York and they are like living in brownstones or like down the street from each other or whatever. Um, Trouble kind of, I mean, they have like this idyllic relationship and then trouble kind of crops up a little bit when Evelyn decides that she wants to have a baby and Harry wants to have a baby too. And that was always kind of their plan from the beginning because they both wanted a family. Um, But you can tell from the get go that Celia is just super uncomfortable with it because they want to have a bio a biological child um which i get like i totally get that but there's also not a ton of other options i do think that at this point it was i don't know i feel like they probably could have adopted and no one would have said anything um but then again i also understand them wanting a biological child so i don't know any thoughts around that well, I just thought that they were, like, maybe a little too afraid of, like, what would it go into adopting a child where it's, like, all the home studies and, like, they are together so much. Or, like, if it ever came out and they, would they, like, have their rights as parents taken away? And I mean I, I, I mean, I guess maybe that can happen with, like, a biological child, too. But I would think that they would do a much deeper dive with a adopted child. That's very true. And straight privilege. Like, I mean, you don't have to worry about someone at that point taking your own flesh and blood away from you just because of who you love or who you marry. So anyway, she gets pregnant. She has a little girl named Connor. And like I said earlier, the the relationship that her and Harry build when Connor is a baby was so sweet and tender to me and i just loved that part of the book that this so this whole section was like the best part of the book to me because it was like they were all finally happy i loved all three of the main characters john loved him by association but you know we didn't really get to know him very well but harry and celia and evelyn were like the from the very beginning of evelyn's story they were all there and so i love that they all kind of made it work they all loved Connor and I kept thinking about like the joy of like parenthood and, and what was really interesting was how she kept, like she talked about it, this like true friendship that they had like built. And then it was like, they became more than friends. They became parents. And, and yeah, it was, it was a great part of the book. I was also so glad that was 
the longest, like, um, you know, like relationships where it's like she spent many years, like actually happy versus all yeah. the cool other short and unsuccessful, you know, relationships. Right. I love, there was one scene that I absolutely loved whenever Celia like came back from shooting a movie and kind of staked her claim in the household by making like a really disgusting breakfast for them. I, I love that little scene. Um, what did you think of their baby's name? Because of course we love big names. Um, the baby's name did not care for it. I just, I don't understand. And this is, you know, no shade if you do, but I just do not understand the girl for boy names. I love my, both my daughters have very, very feminine names. I am all about like a very feminine girl name. So I just literally am always like, what a cop out. Like, come on, whatever. Really enough, I kind of liked Connor. I, I don't know. That one worked for me. Some of them, hold on, what is these? <laughs> Uh, some of some of the names don't work for me but i liked connor i thought that it was like unconventional they're unconventional and it was just connor sounded kind of cool it was like a cool girl name to me at one of the things that happened that it how was in um and Gossip Magazine, I believe, whenever she was like 13 or 14, when <gasps> it was talking, what it was like, oh, Connor uh, Cameron um, called in a menage a trois. And I was like, what? All this earth? Absolutely wild. And she really did. Wow. Evelyn like confirmed that that had happened. Like, I'm is... like, it reminded me of Drew Barrymore. Because Drew Barrymore was like really wild whenever she was a little girl. Like she was in rehab when she was like 12. Can't. I, a little, at 12 years old, Kippen, at 12 years old, I, I was a picture of me. Right, me too. <laughs> Get on our Instagram page if you want to see a very, very embarrassing picture of Kippen mm. and I both in the fifth grade at 12 years old. So, yes, exactly. That's what I was doing and looking like. So, cannot me relate. Look, me, crooked teeth, looking like a founding father and you... <laughs> Uh, wearing a literal infant's hat, <laughs> hair unbrushed. Oh, what so can good. one do? You know what? I can only dream of my children being like that at twelve because I'll take it any day over having a threesome in no, my bedroom. I mean, you are totally right. I would literally. Oh, and plus the shame as a parent of like literally everybody finding out. Oh man, come yeah. on. So. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with good old Connor here, but unfortunately, these golden years cannot last. Evelyn totally blames the disintegration of like this kind of foursome on herself, and I felt like that was unfair. That I, was I, odd to me because the main thing to me was that whenever when I, I believe that John passed away first, I think maybe yeah. that was the first big thing. Mm -hmm. And then she had a, she filmed a another racy scene with the oh we forgot that but yeah that was like this um like her big redemption moment after John or Don Adler was she was with a director named Max Gerard and filmed like a very very like like I think she was totally topless um and anyways it skyrocketed her her fame so she filmed another scene like twenty years later with um Max Come Gerard. On. And with Dawn and, yeah, and that was, and Cecilia or Celia just like totally took that and like it crushed her. 
this is the thing though okay so harry is left completely devastated when john dies and he's like drinking too much and so he's kind of a little bit checked out although it does say he's still a great dad which love you harry um and that like you know fundamentally changes the whole relationship i think because i'm sure the happy dynamic is gone from both of them right and i'm also sure that evelyn is probably spending a lot of energy trying to make sure that you know that harry is okay yeah um i guess the issue here and when i was listening to it it was totally fine but like in retrospect it was like her and celia got divorced because this happened but it's like do people really get divorced after one big explosive fight like that usually it's like a buildup of little things over time and then it's like the breaking point and so it really seemed unfair to me that Celia would explode like that with jealousy and they hadn't even done like it was a love scene in a movie I did I 100% did not see Celia's side that's exactly right I kept thinking like this she's an actress this is this is her first husband sure but he was literally an abusive tool and they have been together at this point maybe for probably like 20 years I think she was around like 40 right and they got together when she was 20 Mm -hmm. so it's like how like she like, says it over i just i just didn't understand that i was kind of like okay your insecurities yeah. are really showing right and i i mean evelyn was very hard on herself so i feel like she would have been honest if like oh we had been bickering over x y and z she was feeling like not as secure in the relationship because a guy had like made a pass at me and i had you know been tempted or something but that never happens it's yeah. just or they were very she, happy together i right. you know. Yeah, she she just she shoots this scene. She doesn't ask Celia for her opinion. And it, it was kind of like the I'm going to do it first and ask for forgiveness later. Um, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's what I, I was trying know, to think of. I don't even know if she felt that guilt right away, though. I think she just kind of took it as like, OK, like it's, you know, the 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 cinematography is going to be amazing and it's going to like bring a lot to the movie and not even think from it from like, Oh, like I'm going to like really like upset her by doing this. I don't know. And Evelyn, like, I mean, she didn't even want to be in the same room as Don. She didn't even want Don to touch her to be like, so she had to feel like she's, she was an envelope pusher, but she had to have felt so like fired up and excited about this to actually do that. So yeah. I really was disappointed in Celia for just bailing on her. And um, because they'd already separated for such a long period of time beforehand that I was like, yeah. I didn't. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. Weird. So after that, Max Gerard, who's this French director that Lacey was just talking about, that like kind of really saved Evelyn's career. Um, he keeps making passes at her and has since they, met like 20 years previously this was the big marriage and like the big thing that i did not understand like i mean i i accepted that they all broke up but this marriage was the only one that didn't totally make sense to me because harry again is all kind of like wrapped up in his grief and he's like you know what evelyn i think that you should like have love and i think that you should be married for love and neither of us can like live with a sexless relationship forever whatever and so she decides to not just be in a relationship with max she decides to 
divorce Harry and then marry Max. Why does she need to marry Max? It's like the 80s by this point, maybe even the 90s. I was felt the exact same way because I'm like, you have no, she had no qualms with like sleeping with like, you know what I mean? Like being married and sleeping with somebody else. So I'm like, she is no, what are you uh, gaining here? This is not the Virgin Mary here. She is no. And also I kept thinking like, then, you know, at this point you're, you have a daughter. Um, Harry is your husband, but he's also your best friend who is a closeted gay man. I'm like, I felt like she was really allowing the floodgates. I'm like, I makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, even if she wanted to divorce Harry so that like maybe they needed that space, whatever. And maybe her daughter, like I I got that, like why they probably needed a divorce if she's gonna be in a relationship so that her daughter wasn't really confused because at the time Connor has no idea that they weren't actually like married um that it was yeah that they weren't in love that they were just best friends um but yeah i and i also feel like max is not the kind of person that i'd want to have around my teenage daughter or my preteen daughter he just seemed so sleazy the whole time that i was just kind of like ooh. i know and she says that she she said that she loved him and i just didn't buy that as much i was like okay i think she was just reeling after celia left her and somebody showed her a little bit of attention that she kind of kind of crush on and was like okay sure whatever yeah. let's total marry rebound. total rebound and of course um it just doesn't work out and they quickly get divorced but even worse Celia and her, you know, after several more years of not speaking, start talking again. And he finds like all these letters that they've been writing and like calls her out, like threatens to expose her, which is so gross. It's like, ugh, you were always just this dirt bad. Too, it was like he never even cared for her. He was all in it for the fame. So I kept being like, yeah, he wanted to help. What are you trying to? I guess he just needed that money. Okay, so after her and Max divorce, then her and Celia get back together. And then she finds out that Celia has like emphysema or something and is like, has a, it's like, don't die. And they're finally ready to like give it all up and just be together and they want to move to Spain. But again, what I mean, they end up doing this for legal reasons. But it's like the '90s. Like at this point, can you not just be out? Uh, that's this is why I'm like, y'all, come on. Um, Celia well, wants she. Go ahead. I was gonna say she marries Robert, the brother of Celia, yeah. to inherit the stuff. But in a legal will, can you yeah. not leave everything to whomever you choose? I, I guess technically. Well, no. I have some family drama, like some extended family drama that involves a very large estate and will issues. So uh, people, people do be petty. I will say that. And like, you know, your third cousin, six times removed, if they think there's a million dollars out there that could be theirs, that could happen. Comes out of the woodwork to claim it. Right. So I'm like, okay, this woman had no children, no direct heirs. Like this could easily be an issue um so maybe that makes sense but if she trusted her brother that much then shouldn't she trust him to like make sure that evelyn actually 
gets her due. And he was like a a welt something or other. So I mean, like it seemed like right. He, he was a bunch fun. of nothing. He had no personality in this book at all. Right. Another just like nameless. He was like, what was the first guy? Ernie. Another Ernie that you're like, okay, right. sure. Yeah. I think that him and Connor had a good relationship. So that was nice. But the most dramatic thing, even more, I mean, it was very, very sad to me when Celia passes away. But I and I was super glad that they ended up together and like got to live out some golden years together. But very traumatic part of this book is there's a hurdle here where she wants Harry to move with them to Spain. She wants them all to go there together so they can all be together and harry doesn't want to do it because harry says that he's in love now and he finally found someone after john's death and then he wanted he wanted her to or he had to marry him again this was crazy to me he wanted for them to have the exact same relationship they'd had before but for celia to marry this new man and (laughs) harry and her to get together again this man was not going to give it up he was like We're going to have this relationship. We're going to have this trio. What's the quad? Whatever. He was about to die in the closet. And unfortunately, he did. Um, They happened to find him. He's in a drunk driving accident. Uh, But they, like, don't want it to come out and, like, ruin his whole legacy yeah that he's drunk driving yes and so they like she bribes her driver to like pull him out of the car drive him to the hospital and they leave the passenger there who's already dead now did you see this little twist coming listen here's what i thought so she 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 calls or gets a call from the, whatever he is. Gonna give a shout out in this first podcast. <laughs> That's what Look, while we were sitting here talking, I was thinking we have not spoke about Monique since the book got started. But here I know. I, so the whole time in the book, you're supposed to be worried about who is Monique's daddy. I was sure that the the driver that it was fixing a call and somehow that was going to be the daddy. I don't know. I was just thinking like, okay, but throughout the book, I totally forgot about Karen, about what was their relationship to one another because I was so entranced with Celia and Evelyn, but no, I did not see the biggest plot twist of all coming. Okay. So for me, this is why this book has lost an entire half star because I felt like she spelled it out with huge, like bright shining letters because the whole time that Monique and um so Monique is like going through a divorce herself and she's got this really close relationship with her dad it comes out that her dad was a photographer for like uh Hollywood sets okay so the set is staged and at first I was I thought that Monique she was going to come out that she had had an affair with Monique's father but that didn't happen um but I lost my train of thought oh she keeps saying like oh you love me now Monique but you won't in a few days or this is the foreshadowing (laughs) did not deliver it did not You, you said you say that now but you'll hate me soon enough I'm like what the freak why do you need to put these details in there i just thought so why not just say it why not just be like okay honey you're like well i mean i guess you want to get the whole story out there but i was like dramatic effect not needed i thought that the plot itself was interesting and it like added a real like dark spot to evelyn that she would she could go through with this and like that's a big skeleton to have in your closet 
Um, I just didn't necessarily need Monique's father to be Harry's gay lover, which is what happens in the very end. You find out that the the guy that they left dead in the car while they drove Harry to the hospital, Harry eventually died. Yes, is Monique's dad. And that's why. That's why she wants Monique to write this book because she feels so guilty and wants her to have lots and lots and lots of money uh, so that she can not feel bad about it anymore. I mean, she says something about like, you're a great writer too, which I'm sure, yeah, there's a lot of jumps. There was a lot of jumps, and I just find out what's kind of like, what if she, what if she was a dairy farmer? Or right. like you know what I mean? Like what what would you do? Just like yeah. okay, the story dies here. Like okay, well, yeah, it felt very convenient for yeah. Evelyn. That was yeah. I agree exactly what you said. I loved all the other plot stuff. That right there I was kind of like, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I would have been, and maybe too if it would have been like a cousin or you know what I mean, but like her father. And then when it got into the was it the father's letter. I was like no I was no 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 who talks like this nobody like let me be eloquent like write this letter because I know I'm going to die tomorrow (laughs) that they were together so you wouldn't have written the letter I kept just being like you would just have a discussion totally you wouldn't like you wouldn't write a letter and then like I'm going to break your heart and like tell you all these devastating things but let's mean you go for a fun joy ride and drink and like okay please. right anyway at the end of the day she ends up you know taking her hatred of evelyn all the way to the bank because she <laughs> has kind of yeah i did i did kind of like the tension of what how the heck she was going to pull it off like um writing the story because like she works for vivant and they want the story but she wants to write the book but she can't you know live on nothing she needs a job until she can write this book and that was kind of interesting it just pales in comparison to evelyn hugo's life story and um i did like the the so a lot so much of the book was like we just like we were talking about like you loved evelyn and you're like okay 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 it was nice to see a bit of like a you know not not a terrible side but you know like it makes it a little bit more human to have like not you can't just like triumph all the time right so i did like that and even monique's reaction to it i was I was totally expecting because a lot of the time Monique really idolized her and would compliment her. And like, you know, almost if she would say like something negative about herself, like she would almost kind of like negate it by being like, no, like you're great kind of thing where I was like, I kind of expected that to happen, but she really went, you know, she went all in with it where she was like literally despised this woman to the point that she realizes that she's going to like uh, kill herself. And she's like, you know, like, should I like not let her do that? And, you know, and then she kind of like mm-hmm. ethically decides like, okay, I'll, I'll let her do it on her own terms. Cause at right. this point she's dying of cancer and Celia died. Her Harry died and her daughter died and everybody. Yeah. So Her describing like just a little kind of blip in the book of her describing Connor dying really like hurt my heart. It like, well, it just, it was so sad to me, like how Connor had, um cancer and just like how hard that was for her because she i mean at this point she has lost literally every single person that she had ever loved in her whole life there was not enough sadness around that for me because my baby there's just no 
you know. I, I feel like she could have swapped out the plot line about the gay dad for more about Connor and the cancer, and that would have been okay with me. Like, yeah, somehow, right. like, it just spent more time on it because um, this was definitely a book where I'm like, okay, there's like 20 minutes left. <laughs> I'm like, what if Connor, right? You're now that I'm thinking about this, I would have much rather had like Connor and her daddy get together or, or something. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, because the the Harry and I cannot remember what her dad's name was. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. I've rewritten that last little bit. <laughs> I know I took no notes on this book. We are doing amazing by remembering this because I just literally could not remember half this till we started talking. Uh, all right, that's about all I have to say about Evelyn Hugo and her many many husbands and lovers and everybody else. But yeah, loved the book. I will definitely look for more books by uh, this author. Good job, Taylor. Um, Daisy Reed and the Six, I think, is another one by her. I know it was Daisy something in the Six. So there's a special shout out for anybody that enjoyed this book like us. All right. Yeah. Let us know what you think. All right. Well, I guess I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review. It sounds like some little way to get the party started. <laughs>